Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for the NCC podcast. God is doing so many great things in our community, and I trust that he's doing great things in your life as well. And I trust that God is going to speak to you through this message. We are in our Christmas series right now entitled Christmas at the End. Um, And if you are new to our community, uh, we have taken on the identity here at North Point Community Church as the end, the end at the crossroads of life. And we, we take that identity from the story that Jesus told, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And he tells the story of the Jewish man who was, who was beaten up and left for dead on the side of the road. And there was a Samaritan that came walking by and he, he took care of the man's wounds and bandaged him up. And he took him to the end and he dropped him off there and he gave specific instructions to the the innkeeper to take care of this man. And so this is who we say we are at North Point, that we are the inn at the crossroads of life. We are the place that Jesus, the ultimate good Samaritan, picks people up and brings them to. And if we collectively take the identity as the inn, individually we take the identity as the inn keepers. We are those who are responsible for taking care of those who Jesus brings to us. Broken and hurting, we are responsible. And so this is who we are here at North Point. And so we, we talk about Christmas at the end. And, and this is actually the, the very last series that Destiny and I will be preaching as lead pastors here as we transition next month to the leadership of, of Dr. Denny Rodney and Dr. Sarah Duran. Uh, and, and it's not that we're not going to be preaching. Some people were like, well, you're not, you said you were going to be preaching next year. No, we will be preaching, but we are not crafting the series. We, we will be preaching within the series that they set out. We, so we'll be preaching our, you know, our own content, our own messages, but, but we will be preaching it within the context of their series. So this is the last series that we are crafting together. Uh, and, and so I've been thinking a lot about this last series. And what, what would I want to say? What are the most important things that I could say to you? What are, what are the challenges that I could give you that would take you long uh, through December into next year and really carry you for the rest of your life. And I really boiled it down to, to three messages, three things that I would say and challenge you with. And, and the first was let Jesus love you. The second is to let Jesus lead you. And third, to let Jesus use you to love and lead those around you. And last week, uh, we talked about let Jesus lead you. And this was kind of the takeaway from our time together is to let Jesus love you the way he desires to love you and not the way you think you deserve to be loved. Let Jesus love you the way he desires to love you, not the way you feel like or think that you deserve to be Loved and, and if you missed last week, I really encourage you to go back uh, and listen to last week's message because I really do believe that one of the biggest hurdles for us as human beings is to receive the level of love that God has for us. To receive this unconditional love, this limitless love. In a world that is filled with limitations, it is hard for our mind to comprehend limitless love. In a world that is based off of conditions, it is hard for me to fathom unconditional love. And it actually goes against our human nature, which makes it really difficult for us. Because our instinct for justice conflicts with his design for grace. And so what happens is, is my humanity gets in the way of his divinity. What, I, what makes sense to me gets in the way of what God wants to do and how God chooses to love me. And I would say to you today that I really do believe the abundant life the life that God created you to live on this earth, that that life starts with letting God fully love you the way he wants to. That that life really begins 
when you fully accept and understand the unconditional, limitless love that God has for you. Because it is only then that you can begin to genuinely love yourself and love others the way that God has called us to love those around us. And so I believe that it really does begin with letting God love us. And so if you missed last week, I really encourage you to go back and listen to last week's message because it really builds into what we're going to talk about today. And today we're going to talk about let Jesus lead you, but not just let Jesus lead you, let Jesus lead you the way he wants to. Let Jesus lead you the way he wants to. You know, it, it can be much easier for me to let Jesus love me the way he wants to than to let Jesus lead me the way he wants to. And here's the reason why. is because it is typically easier for me to accept the idea of Jesus as Savior than it is for me to live with the concept of Jesus as Lord. It's just easier. It's easier for me to accept that Jesus wants to be my Savior and it is more difficult for me to live with the concept or the reality that Jesus is my Lord. This is what Jesus told his followers in John chapter 14. Uh, Jesus said this, and, and he was telling them, he said, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in, trust in God just like you've trusted in me, uh, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. You know where I'm going. And Philip, the disciple, pipes up. He's like, I have no idea where you're going. What do you mean I know where you're going? Where are you going? And Jesus responds to him and says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And as Destiny said a moment ago, this is, this is the Christmas season, right? We, as Jesus followers, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and the story of Christmas is that Jesus came to make a way for us to get into heaven. It is the story of Christmas. Jesus came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. But not only did Jesus come to make a way for us to get into heaven, Jesus also came to make a way for heaven to get into us. Because it was through his death, burial, and resurrection that now the Holy Spirit can come and live and dwell on the inside of us. We don't have to go to the temple anymore to visit the presence of God. Instead, now the presence of God dwells in us and we become the temple on the earth. So Jesus makes a way for us to get into heaven. He makes a way for heaven to get into us. But I also, I also want you to see this is not only did Jesus come to make a way, but he also came to show us the way. Now, I want you, Jesus is the way, okay? You cannot pray enough prayers or do enough good deeds to make a way for yourself. There is nothing you can do to get into heaven. And hear me, there is nothing you can do to get heaven into you apart from Jesus Christ. He is the Way, But on the other side of that coin, I want you to see not only is he the way, but Jesus came to teach the way. He came to model the way so that we could follow his way. If you're with me, say yes. Okay, so he is the way. We don't get it. We, we got to connect to the one who is the way. But he came to teach the way. He came to show us the way from the life that he modeled so that we could follow his way of living here on the earth. Now, I don't know about you, but, but that sounds, right, sounds simple enough, right? Jesus came. He is the way. He taught the way. He modeled the way so that we could follow his way. But here's the problem. His way and our way don't always match up. <laughs> How Jesus wants me to respond and how I want to respond are not always synced. And in some moments of life, what I want to do and what Jesus has asked me to do 
they are at odds with each other. Now, you just missed three incredible opportunities to say, amen, that's right, yep, I know that's right, my way and his way, mm-hmm, yeah, how I want to respond to you, mm-hmm, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, what I want to do and what he asked me to do, oh, yeah, that's right. Now you're really preaching right now. Now you got me. Okay, I'm in the right place today because that is the reality of life. And the temptation for us as human beings is to get into agreement with the idea of following Jesus as Lord, but then to settle for only following Jesus' way in the areas where our personality or preferences are already in alignment with his. So I, I, I come into following Jesus and I, I like, and, and why, do we, why do we have that tendency to settle for this? Why do, why do we do that? Because basically, I latch on to following the ways of Jesus that are the easiest for me. <laughs> they make the most sense to me. And so I latch on to that. And what I do, if I'm not careful, here's what I do. I make those things more important than all the other things so that I can feel better about myself and better about my faith. And the reality is I looked over here and I was like, whoo, that's really hard and I'm not going to be very good at that, but I'm already pretty good at this, so I'm going to make what Jesus taught on these things the most important thing so I don't have to deal with this and I'll still feel good about myself and I will just settle into living in this reality. But here is the problem with all of that. Jesus did not offer to lead part of you. I could take it a step further and say, Jesus didn't die to just lead a part of you. Jesus wasn't resurrected to just lead a part of you. He wants to lead all of you, and he wants to lead all of you all of the time. And so we need to understand that this is happening in all of us, right? We, we just need to just like admit this is happening on the, this is, this, is, this is the journey of faith in all of us, is that Jesus has set his way in all of these different areas of life. But the problem is, is I'm not always wired to like what Jesus said. <laughs> oh, it's just me. Okay, all right. I, I don't always like this whole concept of forgiving those people who do me wrong. I don't always enjoy the concept of loving those people who who mistreat me. I don't always like the concept of turning the other. I don't always like what Jesus taught. That's why sometimes we got to say this is what Jesus says, not what I'm saying is what Jesus said, because I don't want you to hate me, right? I want you to take it up with him, okay? And so he said some really, he said some uncomfortable things. And so I look and I say, wow, if I'm going to live that way, it's really uncomfortable, but I'm pretty good at these things over here. So I will make these things the main things so that I can stay comfortable and yet still be a Jesus follower. But Jesus didn't come to lead part of us. Jesus didn't die for part of us. He came so that he could lead all of us all of the time. And this is what the Apostle Paul, a leader in the early church, and he was helping the early church really craft their theology, right? And this is what he says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Notice Paul says, he says, I no longer live. What is he saying? Because obviously he's still alive because he's writing this, right? So he's saying, I no longer live. He's saying, my opinions no longer live and my preferences no longer live and my ways no longer live and my rights no longer live. I have to set my privileges aside. I have surrendered and submitted all of those things to Christ Jesus my Lord. I have been crucified. The old me and everything that makes up the old me has been crucified to his rule and his reign. 
Now notice Paul writes and he says, I, I live God's way. He says, I live by faith, which means I live God's way. And then he references, because, because he loved me and he gave himself for me. Because he loved me. I am crucified in this journey of following him because he loved me and he gave himself for me. And this is why it's so important to understand that if I don't let Jesus love me the way that he wants to love me, which is fully, unconditionally, and without limitation, if I don't let him love me the way he wants to love me, then I won't be able to let Jesus lead me the way he wants to lead me. Listen, it's God's love that brings the security in this relationship. It's God's love that brings the security in my relationship with him. And that security is what gives me the confidence to practice Jesus' lordship in my life. And I say it gives me the confidence to practice because we are not going to be good at doing things that we don't like to do. <laughs> we are not going to be good at doing something different than we have done all of our life. I'm not going to be good at responding to Jesus' way when I've been responding my way for 47 years. I'm not going to be good at thinking like Jesus thinks, having the mind of Christ, when I've been operating in my own mind for the last 57 years. I'm not going to be good. And so here's what we know. If I'm going to go on this journey and say, okay, Jesus, I want you to lead me into the life you created for me, we have to understand that is going to be a bumpy road. And if I am not certain and secure in this loving relationship, I'm not going to go on that journey because I know I am going to trip and fall a lot and I'm going to make a fool out of myself and I'm going to break a lot of promises on that road. And if I'm not secure in his love, then I'm going to have to ask myself this question. What does it mean for me and about me? Where is my status? Do I get kicked out of the club if I trip and fall and make a fool out of myself. So I'm not going to go on this journey with all of these things that are difficult for me, all of these things that are not in my personality and all of these things that are not in my preferences. I'm not going to engage in that because I'm not going to be good at that and I'm not going to keep my end of the bargain when it comes to all of that. And so I'm not going to go on that journey because I'm going to mess it up and I don't know what that means for me. So I ain't going to fool with that. I'm pretty good at these things over here. <laughs> so I'm like, Jesus, see me, notice me. Don't you want to get to know me? Right, I mean, I mean, look at me over here, Jesus. I got these things down, so I'm gonna make these things the most important. I'm not gonna fool with all that because I'm not gonna be good at that. And I'm gonna mess that up. That's why I gotta be secure in his love because the only way I can let him lead me where he really wants to lead me is if I'm 100% certain that he loves me unconditionally. That's why you got to get last week before you get this week. Because if you, if you go on this journey and say, I'm just going to let Jesus lead me, and you haven't let Jesus fully, fu fully love you, then he's not going to be able to lead you where he really wants to lead you. Because he's going to lead you into some uncomfortable conversations. He's going to lead you into wrestling with some things that you have convinced yourself are okay, and he says it's not okay. I thought it was okay to be a little angry. I thought that was okay. I thought, well, this is the way I'm wired, right? This is how I came into the earth. This, is I, this must be it. Until destiny had another opinion. <laughs> and early on in our relationship, she said, I'm not going to marry an angry man. And I thought, well, perfect. Excellent. Well, you can marry me then because I am not angry. <laughs> and she said, I think you should pray about that and ask God what he thinks. Because I, I, I wasn't angry. I convinced myself I'm not angry. I'm competitive. I'm not angry. I'm a winner. I'm not angry. I got a fire on the inside of me, right? I mean, I'm not, I figured out all 
the ways to get around it. And guess what? Whenever I, whenever I took it to the Lord, he said, yeah, she's right. You better listen to her. I said, hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> Put some pace in it. Come on, somebody. You in the right church. Okay. Here's the reality. I was like, what? Okay. Well, I have lived this way for a long time. I had accomplished a lot of good things in my life based on this anger. And I'm like, who? I don't know what does this mean for me. And Jesus says, I got a better way. Are you going to let me lead you out of this anger? Are you going to let me lead you into what I have for you? Because you can make all these other things the main things, and you can do all, and I, listen, I was already preaching, and I was already doing all of those things. He said, okay, you can keep on doing all those things that you're doing, but I'm never going to be able to lead you the way that I want to lead you if you don't understand these things. You're going to have to get uncomfortable. You're going to have to step out into the unknown. I would say it to you this way today. Jesus is Lord is our theology, but Jesus as Lord is our practice. Jesus is Lord, that is, that is theological, meaning that Jesus is God. He is king, right? He, he, he is ruler. He reigns over it all. Jesus is Lord. King of kings, Lord of lords, that's who he is. That's theological. But living with Jesus as Lord is our practice. I want you to see one is a belief and the other is a behavior. Jesus is Lord, that is my belief. But Jesus as my Lord, that is my practice. I believe that God's way is better but then I have to begin to behave God's way, right? And sometimes sometimes I feel like this faith journey, right, on this earth is really all about how can I close the gap between my believing and my behaving? Because I believe his way is better, but come on, how many of you know we got our own ways and our, our own way of thinking and our own way of behaving and our own, our own way of responding and our own way of doing. We got all of these things. And the, and the mystery and the beauty of following Jesus here on this earth and letting him lead us the way that he wants to is that what I believe to be true about him and what I believe to be true about this, all of a sudden my believing and my behaving begin to get closer and closer and closer together. I want to close the gap from my believing what I believe to be true and how I am behaving every single day. Now, I, I do want you to understand, Jesus is not some power-hungry, egotistical, maniac taskmaster who is just fighting for your submission and obedience just for his own tickles and giggles, okay? He's, he is not in heaven just going, ooh, I wonder how far they'll go. <laughs> that is not Jesus, okay? Jesus is inviting you to let him lead you because he wants to take you into a better life. He wants to lead you into the abundant life. And so he is inviting you and he's offering to you, if you will let me lead you, I will take you into a life that you could have never imagined. Can I tell you 20 years ago, I would have never imagined living life without the level of anger that I had. I would never imagine it. I didn't even think that was possible that I could live that way. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was possible for me. And and listen, this is not to say like, oh wow, that's a great story. Oh wow, that's so great. You haven't been angry in twenty years. Hold up, wait a minute. Right? That ain't that ain't. That's not what I'm saying. You know, years ago, I didn't tell I didn't tell the nine fifteen service, but you, you guys always get the best message. Uh, and so, years ago, I got I got so mad over something. I don't even remember what it was, but this is just like 
I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, I got so mad. It was I got mad at Destiny. Like those, I don't remember what it was, but I know I got mad at her. And I kicked our metal trash can so hard, he left his like big dent in our trash can. I mean, huge, like massive dent. Like if you came over to our house, like you would have noticed the dent, right? It wasn't like it wasn't like somebody hit it with a spoon, okay? I mean, like it's like crunched in the side, right? And Dusty's like, you want to get a new trash can? I said, no, let's leave it. Because I want to remind myself that that's still possible for me. If I don't surrender and submit myself, that's still, that's still, that's still there. Let, let, let's leave it for a while. And we had that dented trash can for a couple years. Not because we couldn't afford a new one. Not because, not because we couldn't have got a new one. It wouldn't look nicer in the kitchen. But it's because I wanted to remind myself if, I, if I'm not submitting my way to his way, that's what it's going to look like. So I've got to make sure in this journey that I'm surrendering and submitting my way to his way. Not just me living with Jesus is Lord. Yeah, let's clap about that theology. I want Jesus as my Lord in all practicality. Ruling and reigning over area, uh, every area of my life. So, so, so Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, right? This is what Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter uh, 6. And we call the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus preached this message from a, a mountain. And we're, we're, we're real creative. So we say it's the Sermon on the Mountain. And, and so it's like Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And this is what Jesus says in the middle of that. He says, this is the amplified version. It says, therefore, do not worry or be anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted, saying, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? For the pagan Gentiles, those are just people that do not, uh, do not know the Lord, they're not connected to the Lord. For the pagan Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things. But do not worry. For your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first and most importantly, everybody say first. But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. Jesus says, don't operate like the people in the world. The people that don't know me and don't have relationship with me and aren't finding security in my love, they are worried about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, and what they're going to wear. And Jesus says, you don't have to live that way. You can actually live differently. And you can First and most importantly, seek after his kingdom and seek after God's character, his attitude, his way of doing, his way of being. And if you do that, God will make sure that you have everything else you need. There is a way of behaving, friends, that exists within humanity. There is a way of behaving that exists within our society and in our culture. But can I tell you this one thing? You don't have to participate in that. You don't have to participate in that way of thinking. You don't have to participate in that way of acting. You don't have to participate in that. Why? Because Jesus came to give you and I a better way. A way to abundance. And this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 12 when he says this. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. What is Paul saying? Same thing he said in Galatians when he said, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. He's saying the same thing again. He's like, hey, because of God's great love for us, because of his mercy, because of his grace, offer the fullness of yourself to the fullness of him. He says, and do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul's saying, there's a way of living that exists within society, but you don't have to conform to that pattern. 
You don't have to give in to their anxiety and their depression and their worry and all of the ways of response. You don't have to give in to their anger and you don't have to give in to their outrage and you don't have to do. Why? Because Jesus came for you to have a better way and you can be transformed by renewing your mind and changing the way that you think. So what do we know Jesus wants to lead us into a completely different way of living. But the journey of him taking us where he really wants to take us is going to be uncomfortable for us. Because it goes against what I like. I like the Old Testament, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You steal my donkey, I'll kill yours, right? I mean, that's, I like that. Man, you steal my coat and I give you my shirt. Ooh, that doesn't feel so good. Go the extra mile. Wasn't the first mile enough for you, man? I mean, come on. Like, no. Like, what? But he's trying to take us into a better way. Because he's not just interested in leading the part that I want to give him. He's interested in leading the whole part of me. All of me, all of the time. So, so how do we let Jesus lead us into this better way, this abundant life, this life that he came out? How do we let this happen? Let me, let me just give you a few things and we're going we're gonna to pray. Number one, how do, how do we let Jesus do this? We have to prioritize. You will never experience the abundant life. This is the life that Jesus died to make possible for you. This is the life that God created you to live. This is the life that Jesus stepped out of heaven, went to the cross, came up out of the grave to make possible for you and me today. You will never experience the abundant life if you don't prioritize the behaviors that bring about God's better way. I'm going to say that again for the person that wasn't listening. I'm going to say it again for the person taking notes. You will never experience the abundant life if you don't prioritize the behaviors that bring about God's better way. Which means what? Number one, I've got to know what is God's way. <laughs> if I'm going to prioritize his way, I've got to know what his way is which means the first step for me in prioritizing his way is to read the Bible so I can figure out what his way actually is. Friends, please hear me. You don't read the Bible so you can check the box and feel like you are a good Christian boy and a good Christian girl. No, you read the Bible to find out his way because if I don't know his way, then I'm going to keep living my way. And I've got to let his way conflict with my way so that my way will change. Because if I'm not reading and listening to his way, then I keep living my way and I keep doing the same things, which means I'm going to keep getting the same results, which means I'm going to keep being frustrated and never step into the abundance that God has for me, which is why many Christians today are frustrated because they read something in the Bible or they hear something available and then they don't see that in their own life. And so I get frustrated about why am I going to keep doing this? Because it doesn't come just because it's in the Bible. It comes whenever it gets inside of you. And I say, okay, I've got to read the word so that I can say this is my way and I'm going to match it up against God's way and I'm going to let those things conflict. This is where we get conviction. Conviction comes out of my conflict with his way and my way. And I say, okay, whose way is going to win? His way, you hope so. I mean, I don't... That hadn't always been my experience. I oftentimes, I wrestle him down, right? I'm like, no, we're doing it my way today, right? And that's not the goal. It's just a reality. So I've got to keep prioritizing, figuring out his way so that I can prioritize his way of doing in my life. This is what, this is what Paul writes, right, in Galatians 5. And he says this, he says, the Holy Spirit, right, will produce this kind of fruit in your life. 
And then he lists these things, and we call these things the fruit of the Spirit. He says he'll, he'll produce love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. He says this is what he will produce in your life. But that only happens if you prioritize those things happening. Because you don't get to just come to church and say, okay, I believe, and all of a sudden, boop, 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 you just start popping out fruit of love, right? And you go over for prayer, and somebody prays for you, and all of a sudden, boop, 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 just joy and peace, boop, 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 peace everywhere, right? You just, don't, you just don't become a fruitful tree just because you sing a worship song or you pray one prayer. No, I have to prioritize the behaviors that are going to produce these things in my life. Okay, let's talk about kindness for a moment. I would say things to destiny, and destiny would say, that's not kind. And I would say, well, it's not mean. It's just true. She says, but it's not kind. And so she would always say that. And, I would, and, and you know, in the, in, the, in the moment, I'm not thinking about the fruit of the Spirit, right? I'm just saying, well, I look, I, it's not mean. It's just truth, right? Okay, you know what I mean? But that's not kind. And then one day she hits me with, well, what do you think kindness is in the fruit of the Spirit? You tell me. And I was like, sounds like you're, we're fighting dirty now, right? Okay, sounds like you're, you're really, you're, this is not a fair fight, right? And so what did I have to do? I have to come back and say, okay, is the goal of life, for my opinion, this is not mean, or is my goal to live with kindness? The way that Jesus has defined kindness. Okay, babe, you're, you're, you are correct. Once again, you are right. But, but listen, prioritize, the definition of the word prioritize is this, to designate or treat something as more important than other things. What is the most important thing? Is it your preference, your personality, your way of doing things, the way that you think the world should be, the justice you think should be administered, the way that you think people should act, right? What is most important? See, I have to prioritize not my way, but his way. Right, this is, this is why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. He didn't just say, seek the kingdom. Hey, after you get done doing all of your things your way, and after you get through with all of your lists and all of your things, then, then, okay, seek him. He says, no, first and most importantly, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing, his way of being, his attitude, and his character. Before you do anything else, you better figure that out. That's what Jesus says. So I have to prioritize that, which means I have to designate this as the most important thing in my life. So I have to prioritize being kind, which means I catch myself being unkind. And I tell destiny, hey, before you have an opportunity to respond to that and say, hey, you're being mean, right? Before you do that, let me, let, let me, let, let's replay that. Okay, this is the way that I do it. This is the way that I change it. I replay it. I say, hey, okay, let me, let me, let's replay the situation. Let me say it differently, okay? Because I'm trying to change and I'm trying to allow to kindness to come out, right? So I say, okay, let me, uh, let me, let me, let me say that differently. And I say something different. Why? Not because I feel like saying it different because I like the way I say it. But because I have prioritized a different way of living and a different way of speaking, I have prioritized it. So I will always keep it as the most important thing. Even when I fail, even when I don't do it, I will come back and I will prioritize. We'll get back to that in just a minute. Okay, here's the second thing you need to let Jesus lead you into his better way and abundant life. And the second thing is practice. Because letting Jesus lead, lead me where my attitude and actions don't really want to go, right, it takes practice. Because I'm not going to be good at it. I'm not going to be good at it. And I need to acknowledge that. And I need to admit that. I'm not going to be good at doing this thing God's way. I'm just not going to be good at it. 
This is why Jesus tells the story in Luke chapter 6, and, and uh, I'm going to read it from the message translation. And Jesus says this, he says, why are you so polite with me? Always saying, yes, sir, and that's right, sir, but never doing a thing I tell you. Some translations say, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you never do what I say? These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. No, they are foundation words, words to build a life on. This is what we were saying just a moment ago. Jesus doesn't want to come in and just add on to your personality and add on to your preferences and you take some of his ways and his principles and you just validate who you really were in the first place and what you think is most important and you just validate. Jesus says, no, 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 that's not why I came. These are not homeowner improvements. Jesus says, I came to tear your house down and to build a brand new foundation so that you can build the kind of life that I created you to build. He goes on and says, if you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundations of his house on bedrock. When the river burst its banks and crashed against the house, nothing could shake it. It was built to last. Listen to me. Here's what Jesus knows. Jesus knows trouble is coming for you. Here's what Jesus knows. The storm is coming. Here's what Jesus knows. The river is going to burst its bank and it's going to crash up against your house. And when it happens, Jesus is saying, I want to make sure that you have built your house in such a way that you will not be shaken. I want you to build your house in such a way that you are built to last. So whenever life throws you its very best punch, you don't get knocked out. You might get knocked down, but you don't get knocked out. He goes on and he says this. He says, but, but if you just use my words in Bible studies, <coughs> if you just have a theology that says Jesus is Lord, but you don't do the practice of working these words into your life, you are like a dumb carpenter who has built a house but skipped the foundation. When the swollen river came crashing in, it collapsed like a house of cards. It was a total loss. This is why Jesus is saying, hey, let me lead you the way that I want to lead you because I know that life is coming for you and unexpected things are going to happen and, and there's going to be storms that are brewing in your life and if you let me lead you, then I will lead you in such a way that it will not be a total loss. You will be able to build your house and your family and your faith on such a secure foundation. If you take these words and as uncomfortable as it is, you start working them into your life and I know kindness is hard to you but start working it into your life and I know you lean towards anger but take my words and start working them into your life and if you will do that then when the storms of life come you will still be standing if you work these words you have to practice working Jesus words which takes us to the to the very last thing and somebody can come out and, and play behind me and, and this is the this is the thing is that you have to persist. So, so you have to prioritize God's way. You have to practice God's way. And then you have to persist in God's way. Friends, don't stop building just because the last storm exposed your poor foundation. Don't stop building just because the last challenge exposed your poor foundation. Don't give up in building the life that Jesus has called you to live just because yesterday's situation caused you to act a fool. Don't throw in the towel. Just because the pressures of last week 
cause you to crater with crippling anxiety or depression. Don't stop building. Just keep on prioritizing and practicing, prioritizing and practicing, prioritizing and practicing. The main thing is the main thing, and I'm going to practice it every day. And listen, the more you prioritize it and the more you practice it, guess what's going to happen? The better you're going to get at it. So why do we stop along the way? Why do we get to some place in our Christian journey and go, I guess this, I mean, this is good enough? Because if you're going to go all the way and you're going to follow Jesus to where he's ultimately trying to lead you, you're going to have to endure the pain of persisting. Because persisting is painful. I would tell you that maturity isn't miraculous, it's meticulous. Your maturity, your spirit, it's not miraculous. There's not going to be one sermon, one song, or one prayer that all of a sudden just causes all of the things. You know, No, listen, maturity is not miraculous. Maturity is meticulous. When you do the little things every day that you need to do to produce the fruit that Jesus made possible for you to produce, that is how it happens. And there is pain in simply persisting. I believe this is what Paul was talking about as we close today in Philippians chapter 3 when he says, hey, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it yet. He's saying, hey, I haven't arrived at perfection. I haven't arrived at the fullness of everything. But I focus on this one thing, he says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Friends, let Jesus lead you into the life he called you into. Let Jesus lead you into the life that he called you into. The abundant life. But the only way you get into the life that Jesus called you into is to step out of the life that you believe to be comfortable the life that you believe to be normal, natural. Let Jesus call you out of that into the scary, unknown world of following him with all of you all of the time. Here's what I would say. Trust him and attack the process. Maybe you've heard it said, people say, trust the process, right? Just trust the process. No, I say trust him, but you better attack the process. Because <laughs> if you don't prioritize, it's not going to happen. What are the things you're going to get done in your life? You're going to get done the things in your life that you prioritize. Period. End of story. It's not going to happen just because you want it to happen. Guess what? It's going to happen when you make it happen, when you attack the process prioritize his way, prioritize this transformation, prioritize letting him lead you the way he wants to lead you and not the way that you want to be led, which is comfortable. Attack the process when it comes to practice. Come on, you've seen the Allen Iverson. Practice, we talking about practice? Practice, right? I mean, what? Nobody likes practice. 
Nobody. I spent all of my life playing and coaching. Never had any player go, man, you know what? I wish we could get rid of the games. <laughs> this practice is so much fun. <laughs> no. So guess what? Let's, let's, let's embrace that. Go, we're going to have to work so hard and practice getting these words, and it's going to be uncomfortable, and it's going to conflict with who I am, and it's going to convict, and I'm going to have to do this. And then I realize, okay, 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 and if I'm going to attack the process, I've got to prioritize and practice, and then I've got to persist because I am going to make a lot of mistakes along the way, and I've got to be committed to getting back up and saying, no, this is what I'm going for. This is the direction for my life. This is what I want more than anything else. I'm prioritizing his way. I'm going to practice his way, and I'm going to keep on persisting until his way becomes a reality in my life. Until I can get angry and not kick the trash can. Until I can get ready to say what I want to say, but then even before I say it, I'm like, hmm, that's not mean, but it's not kind. God didn't call me just to not be mean. He called me to be kind. And just keep persisting. Prioritizing, practicing, and persisting. It's the only way to the better life. It's the only way to the abundant life. It's the only way to get to the life that God created you for. I let him love me the way that he wants to love me because that's where the security for this rocky road is going to come from. Won't you stand with me? I have one last story I want to just share. It just came to me, actually. I've shared the story a long time ago. It's been years since I've shared the story. I was in college and I'd started a Bible study. I, I originally attended North Carolina, started a Bible study. In just uh, the first year, we had over 300 people come in. We had to rent out a big room, and, man, we saw so many people get saved and baptized. It was an awesome, awesome time. I came back to Louisiana Tech, started a Bible study. We were running about 150 every week when I was there. And we go to play intramurals on the intramural basketball, and I'm playing with all the football guys, and we're, you know, in there. And we're, I mean, you know, it's for like, but we're dominating the court, right? You know what I'm saying? Like we're dominating the court and guys are not liking it. And we're, we just keep winning and we just keep kicking teams off. And it's not, you know, they're getting, they're getting a little upset. And so I got the ball, I'm going in for a layup. And this guy just checks me, man. Like, I mean, just not, not even going for the ball. Like he's just like, boom, you know, just throws an elbow, right? And I'm like, hey, bro, bro, what's up? You know, what, what, what's up? And he's, you know, he just mouths off and I'm like, all right, okay, okay. So we go back down the court, right? I got to play defense too. So he's going to come in and he's going to shoot his shot. Wham! Right? Right in the rib cage, bro. Okay. All right. Eye for an eye, right? You know what I'm saying? That's why I told you. I like that. Boom. All right. And he, he's like, hey, what's going on? And so then we come back down the court, right? And I go in for another shot. And man, this time he just goes up and like, he just, he goes for the ball, but he's just like, ah, you know what I mean? Just like hits me. And so I've got the basketball, right? And I'm, I mean, I'm playing quarterback, right? And so like, I'm like, boom. And so I just turn around and I'm like, you know, boom, man, the ball hits him right. I mean, I'm talking about ricochets off his head. Because, I mean, I was, I was quick back in the day, quick release, right? You know what I'm saying? I, boom, I mean, that ball was out. Boom, ricocheting off his head, and then it's like on, right? But I'm the quarterback. I'm playing with a lot of, like, big, strong guys. So I'm like, all right, guys, get him, get him. You know I mean? I'm backing up. You know, I'm like, hey, hey this is not, I'll start the fight, but I, I'm not going to be the guy to finish it, right? I'm backing up out of that. I'm like, yeah, get off the court, man. You guys suck. Get off the court. We're owning you out here, right? That's what I'm talking. Bible study Thursday night. <laughs> Do you know who walked in? Who came as a guest? He came walking into Bible study. And I was like, hmm. Okay, Lord. I see what we got going on here. 
you think that guy could hear one thing that I had to say? You're like, who the heck did God think he is? He just pegged me with a basketball. <laughs> Man. never had a clear moment in my life of, man, what, what are you going to choose? You're going to choose your way? Oh, yeah, you real competitive, Philip. Oh, yeah, how, how good did that work out for you? How good did that go? I hate those moments. Those moments of con- conflict moments of conviction those moments where I have to die to the way that I really want to be because I liked what happened out there on the court I'm just going to be honest I liked it I liked it I liked every bit of it I liked it it felt good I like winning I like telling people that I want to you know I like it it just feels good and then Jesus says well what about my way You're going to make that a priority? So, okay, God, I'm going to prioritize your way, and then i got to practice it. Because I built my whole life over here. I'm like, okay, I'm going to practice this over here. I'm going to practice. I'm going to learn how to do this. And then I'm going to keep persisting because I'm not going to be good at it. And that's the way that we change. It's the way that you change. It's the way that I change. It's the way that we let Jesus lead us into the life he has called us into. You throw the, the lead acrostic on the, on the screen. You can take a picture. But basically, it's just this. Right? We, we, we want to we live with Jesus as Lord of every area. And, and the evaluation question for you today, it, it, the question is not, do you believe that Jesus is Lord? The question is not theological today. The question is practical today. Do your daily decisions show and reveal that Jesus is Lord over you? Is he ruling and reigning over your thoughts? Is he ruling and reigning over your words? Is he ruling and reigning over your actions and your responses? Is he ruling and reigning over your finances? Is he ruling and reigning over your relationships? Is he ruling and reigning over your marriage? Is he ruling and reigning over over your own? Is he ruling and reigning? Is he the actual Lord? Is he Lord? Is there lordship? Is there evident lordship of him in your life where you are doing life his way and not the way you want to do it? And the application is, is real simple. Hey, just prioritize and, 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 and practice this week. Just do just, just this week. Take 60 seconds in the morning. Right when you wake up, acknowledge God. I thank you for this day. Help me to stay focused on you today. Just, I mean, just, just on your way to work, turn off sports talk radio, put in just this one worship song, sing, pray, just for a moment. Prioritize and practice. 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 You you know what it is for you. I shared about being mean. I shared about anger. You know what it is for you. When that thing happens, practice doing something different. Going, ah, no, I don't want to. Hey, can I can I have a redo on that right there? Can can I, you know, can I can I try that again? Practice something different. And then the D is always the same. Just do it again. And that's just persist, right? And this is what we do. We just keep on persisting and persisting and persisting and persisting and persisting and persisting. And sooner or later, we find ourselves living the life that he created us to live because we just would not quit and give up and settle for anything less than God's best. I want you to bow your heads. Have me say, Philip, I want what you're talking about. I want to live with Jesus as Lord over every area of my life. That's what I want. Come on, I just want you to lift up your hand right now. You say, that's me. I want to live. I want Jesus to rule and reign over every area of my life. I don't want my way. I just simply want his way in every way. All of me, all of the time. Come on, would you just pray this simple prayer after me? Everybody in the room, just say these words after me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I know that I need you. I need your love and your grace. I need your power and forgiveness. I believe you are who you say you are. And you can do what you say you can do. I am ready 
to live my life with you as Lord. I am ready for you to rule and reign over all of me all of the time. I want your way, not my way. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in the room right now. I thank you for those that prayed that prayer. God, Father, I pray that we would not stop at just letting us love you the way that you want to love us, but God, that we would move on into that next step, that next phase of letting you lead us the way that you want to lead us, and you want to lead us as Lord. You want to lead us. You want to rule and reign over all of us all of the time, because when we let you when we let you lead us that way, you will lead us into a better life than we could have ever imagined. You will lead us into a life that is full and a life that is overflowing. And God, that is what we truly desire. And we know it's going to be bumpy along the way because we're not going to be good at it. We know we're going to make some mistakes along the journey. We know we're going to break some promises along the way. But God, give us what we need to keep getting back up and moving in the direction that you are calling us for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, if you believe that, put an amen on it today. Thank you for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and share our podcast. For more content from NCC and how to get connected, visit ncc.team.